0: You're listening to the Desperation Podcast, a generation in desperate pursuit of God. www.desperationonline.com I'm ready now, I'm ready now, I'm ready now, do what you will. Good evening everybody, are you in love with God, yes or no? Is Jesus king of your life, yes? Are you glad that you've made him Lord, yes? Yes. Oh, I love you then. Stand with me and let's pray. Oh yeah, you know you want to stand again. Lift your hands as high as you can lift them. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you, Lord God, that you are the reason that we have united. You are the reason that we have come together this evening, this weekend. And Father, we would rather be here worshiping and praying and seeking you than anywhere else we could be in the world, God. Father, we love who you are. We love what you're doing in our lives. And we love to love you, God. God, we love expanding your kingdom. God, we love being totally devoted to you. And God, we say now use us and spend us. And God, light our hearts on fire that we could light the world on fire. We love you and we honor you. Anybody everybody shout it, amen. 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 Have a seat. Well, I love you, Tag. And uh, I'm so honored to be here, I love Brent, I love John, I love Jeremiah, I love God, I love Tag, and it's so awesome to be here, I love the enthusiasm that each one of you guys have, it's been phenomenal even over these last hour to watch you guys wait on the Lord, it's so powerful, it's good, Revelation chapter 12, um, we're gonna talk tonight a little bit about overcoming, say overcome, Overcome. it's not loud enough, it's not loud enough, that's a lot better. Revelation chapter 12 now uh, the theme this weekend we're talking about home and as you know uh, Not only is this life not our home not only is earth not our home Not only is it not our home to kind of be you know here and now but realistically our home is not just you know We've kind of said You know heaven is our home i've heard that before but i want you to get in your heart that your home is ultimately You being radically different than you are today Home is ultimately the place when we look at where we're going in terms of revelation and when you and I uh, become people that look like Christ. Our, the place where we're going to dwell, the place where we're going to live, it's going to be a lot different than how we are now. Say amen. amen. We're going to be a lot different. We're going we're to set our, our path. We're going to be on a course to change. That's what I want to talk about tonight. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, famous verse. You probably heard it a lot. We'll start in verse 10 Then I heard a loud voice Can I get a little more light up here? Just a little bit more So I can see the Bible Otherwise we're going to be reading other things That's much better Thank you Then I heard a, a loud voice in heaven say Now have come the salvation And the power of the kingdom of our God And the authority of his Christ For the accuser of our brothers Or maybe as you were growing up You heard the accuser of the brethren The accuser of our brothers Thank you, Britt I get Britt a hand? For the accusers of our brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night. Now, there's that accuser of the brother. You know who that is? That's Satan. Say Satan. Satan. Okay, now some of you say the devil. The devil. All right, now, do you know that, this, that Satan, the devil, is real? I mean, do you know that? Do you know that he has an agenda against your life? I think sometimes we think a little bit about a, a little devil, you know, this, this small little red horned eight inch tall devil that sits on your left shoulder saying, be bad. This kind of small devil. But realistically here in Revelation, it says that he accuses you all the time. Day and night. Say day and night. night. I want you to imagine this devil accusing you. Yeah, you. Not the guy next to you. Not Not just the good Christian kids and not just the bad, horrible kids. You, Wherever you fit, whatever you think of yourself, whatever image you have of yourself, that devil accuses you all the time. Day and night, night and day. Day and night, night and day. I mean, imagine. It says he's like a roaring lion. Accusing you all the time. Day and night, night and day. Day and night, night and day. I mean, he is after you. This devil. This Satan. So here it is. Right here we read the accuser of the brethren. Day and night and night and day he's accusing you. Look what happens then. It says, who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. (laughs) Oh, can you imagine the day where forever and ever he's hurled down? I love the songs, the worship songs that say it. You know, I love the songs where it's like, you know, kind of quiet and sweet. And we're like, you know, I love you, Lord. I love like that kind of stuff. But you know what I love? Man, I get really excited. Furnace people know this. I start freaking out when we start seeing songs like, Satan is vanquished and Jesus is king. I love that. I love that moment. The Conquered the Grave song that we've been singing a lot. You know how's that go? I don't know, but it says, Conquered the Grave. I go, ha ha, yeah, I like that. You know why? Because Jesus destroys this accuser. This accuser is alive and well right now, but this accuser's time is limited This accuser day and night night and day after 17 year olds This accuser day and night night and day after 14 year olds This accuser day and night after 20 year olds 25 year olds and 40 year olds. I mean he's after him There's going to be this moment where he's going to be hurled down and it says for they overcame him. Oh There are people that overcame This devil This satan How? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb And by the word of their testimony You know what the blood of the lamb is? It's Jesus Christ You know what the word of the testimony is? The word of their testimony Is the experience of Jesus in their lives The knowledge of Jesus The finished work of Jesus on the cross And the way that that was lived out through them Turn with me to John chapter 16 Do you have your Bibles? Come on, I need more Bibles Let me hear Bibles flipping Come on, Bibles, Bibles, Bibles John chapter 16. Look at this Here's Jesus And Jesus is talking to his disciples He's about to embrace the cross All of you probably are familiar with John chapter 17 It's called the high priestly prayer And Jesus goes to Gethsemane And he begins to pray It's a very, very famous verse But right before he goes to do this, this uh, John 17 prayer In John 16, He makes this statement It's so stunning He looks at Peter Peter's going to have a rough night He's going to disown him three times You know, James and John And all of them They're all going to like leave him and, and, and Jesus looks at these guys They're pretty normal guys They're weak, average guys But he looks at him and he makes a statement Look at this, I want you to imagine He says uh, He says, verse 33 I have told you these things So that in me you may have peace In this world you will have trouble I just want you to know, friends I I love the moments where we come before God And where we worship and where we sing And where we praise him But you know what? The reason why we need those moments Is it's because in this world, Jesus goes, you're going to have trouble. It's a, part of, it's a part of life. High school, college, I mean, the rest of your days, you're in a war zone. Some of you guys think, oh, yeah, maybe I get saved and I pray a prayer and suddenly life becomes candy land and sweet, you know? It's like, ooh, wonderful, and it's, you know, John Egan songs every day, you know, every day, you know, and it's just pretty and it's nice and, and, and things feel pretty. No, 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 it's a war zone and you, live, you don't live in candy land. You won't, I know, I know you'd like to hear that. I know I'd like to, it'd be nice to think, okay, I get saved. You know, my soul is kind of locked in the vault of heaven forever. And it's kind of, there it is. And I'm gonna just marinate on earth till I die. And one day Jesus will return for me and then I'll smile. And in the, the next 40 years, I'm gonna just kind of do good things, be a good person, sing good songs, pray a few prayers, read my Bible and life will be sweet. Wrong. Your life's not gonna be sweet. If you're one of the people that's attacking the gates of the enemy, your life is not going to be sweet. And Jesus looked at these disciples and he goes, oh, Johnny, it's going to get rough. You're going to be on that island called Patmos for a long time. James, come here. Look at me. You're going to need to hear this. That sword you're going to face, it's going to cut your head off in Acts 12. You're going to you need to know this right now. You're going to have trouble. It's, it's not, it's, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be more than just Christian t-shirts and smiley Jesus moments. (laughs) You're going to need to hear this. You're going to have trouble. And then he gives them the comforting phrase. He says, take heart. For I, say I. Jesus goes, I. It's about me. I have overcome the world. Jesus is only moments away from going and defeating Satan forever and ever on the cross. He's only moments away where he's going to defeat sin and Satan. And he's going to say, fellas, I'm going to defeat the enemy. I'm going to defeat death. I'm going to rise again. And then it's going to be your role and your calling to go spread that victory for the rest of your lives. Take heart. Oh, you're going to have trouble. But I want you to get this. And you know what you and I live in? You and I live in the time where Jesus has already defeated the enemy. And we live in the time where right now we are spreading that victory. And there's still a war going on and there will be one day where he will be defeated for good forever. But right now, you and I are those that take the knowledge of the cross, the knowledge of Jesus defeating him, and we spread it and we go and we become those that overcome. I've got a a, a kind of a yearning in my heart tonight because I'm amazed how few people have a vision to overcome. I'm amazed how few, how few people really, when they look, when they talk and they put words to how they're going to live their lives and they put words to how they really think that they'll be in 10 years, really how they think they'll be in 30 years. So few people have a real vision to overcome every, every sin to overcome and really be standing with Jesus, conquering the enemy. It's amazing, and, and, and I think it's because kind of deep down, we think, well, life's hard, life's difficult, and uh, you know, I, I kind of measure my success based upon the way that I've seen other people live, and I've seen lots of other people you know kind of go for it and not do well. And, It's so easy to, rather than living this life of revolt, this life of revolution where we literally transform the planet, it's easy to kind of get used to a life of resignation where we go, well, I don't know if I really can be an overcomer. I don't know if I really can. And when I say overcome, I mean someone that really defeats sin in their life. I mean someone that really has a conviction that they, through the finished work of Jesus on the cross, can go out. And live an obedient life unto God. Ah, it's amazing. It's amazing how what the enemy wants us to do is just to kind of get you to pull back a little bit. Live a life of resignation rather than a life of revolution. Chill out. And just be okay having a couple God encounters once a year. You know? Occasionally. Tolerating this sin. Tolerating that sin. hey, we all struggle. But I want to tell you something, that God has a plan for you to be an overcomer. Tonight, I'm going to show you in Revelation where Jesus literally says in chapter 2 and chapter 3, he shows that there will be people that overcome. The fact is, is that overcoming, it's not impossible. It is what Jesus told us to do. And then Jesus told John, there will be people that do overcome. Why not us? Why not? Why not tag? Why not you? Why not me? Why, why be people that say, hey, let's sit around and talk about it, try to tie some intellectual knots as to why it's maybe not possible, or kind of, you know, kind of stir it up and think, well, I don't know. I mean, let's, and let's philosophically try to figure out why it's okay to live a compromised life. It's not okay. And you'll run into so many people that'll try to give you philosophical reasons why it's okay for you to be average. But Jesus never looked at the disciples. Jesus never looked at the crowds. Jesus never looked at them and said, hey, you've been healed. Go and attempt to sin no more. Hey, overcome as much as you can. I know you're going to have good days and bad days. Just do your best. No, Jesus overcame the enemy. And he says, now you, because of what I did. Because of who I am, you, go finish the work. I'm convinced that we have a mentality of trying to keep sin kind of away from us a little bit and just, you know, as it comes toward me, I'm gonna try to keep it out, you know? Like, as this sin comes at me, ooh, I gotta push that one away, and ooh, as this one comes at me, ooh, I gotta push that one away, and and then I'll just kind of live in this Christian life where my primary way of overcoming sin is defense. I'm gonna kinda try to keep these things out of my life. Ask any athlete, ask any coach, if you play not to lose, you won't win, right? I mean, anybody, that, anybody that's played basketball or football or whatever, the coaches are always, they're, they're, they'll say, we gotta have a good offense because if we play not to lose, we will lose. It's true in your Christian walk, Matthew chapter 16. Jesus talking to his disciples He says when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi although I'm not really there yet I was faking it I was hoping I would be there by the time I got to it When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi He asked his disciples who do people say that the son of man is They replied some say John the Baptist Others say Elijah and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets But what about you he asked Who do you say that I am And Simon Peter Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And here it is. This is so incredible. And the gates of Hades or Hades or hell, you could say gates of hell, the gates of hell will not, what's that word there? Will not overcome it. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I grew up, you know, hearing this verse. And when I was thinking about, okay, you know, on this rock, I'll build my church. And uh, the gates of hell will not overcome it, you know. And I kind of began to think, all right, the gates of hell, you know, like like maybe that means like white picket fences that with on fire, you know, like coming after you. You know, like, I mean, the gates of hell will not overcome you. I mean, they can't get you, those Those nasty gates. They maybe you picture like little black demons, you know, with you know, kind of like coming after you and with fiery gates. And I kind of had like cognitive dissonance; like it didn't make sense, you know. But let's talk about this. What's a gate? What's a gate? What's the purpose of a gate? Is it a defensive mechanism or an offensive? It's defensive. So you guys have gates. You guys live in Colorado Springs, most of you. You live in a house. There you are. You got a gate around your house. The purpose of your, house, of your gate is to keep the weirdos out. The purpose of the gate is to keep your neighbor's dog that you hate out. The purpose of your gate is to keep people that you can't stand out, right? I mean, the purpose of your gate is to keep the bad things out. It's keep the tumbleweeds away. It's to keep, I don't know, like, Buffalo fans, away from your house, you know, like, I, no, just kidding. All right, it's to keep, it's just, it's, it's. It, this is my house, This is, this is my house, and I've got my yard, and I've got my, whatever you've got, garden, I don't know, yard, you've got your patio, and that gate is to keep other people out. Are you with me? That's the purpose of a gate. And so, it's not some kind of weird concept of the gates of hell, you know, kind of like coming after you, you know, like... Satan and his, you know, legion of gate carrying soldiers. Let's get the Christians. Let's get them. Come on. Ooh, get those fiery gates away from me. That's not what he's saying. You know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying, you guys are going to be so strong. My church, my church is going to be so powerful. My church is going to be so, so, I mean, unbeatable, invincible. My church can going be, I mean, the knowledge of the cross, the power of the spirit. Oh, the gates of hell will not be able to overcome you. You know what that means? It means we're not on the defensive. It means we are attacking the gates of hell. And we get to these little gates and we're like, ha, ha. It means that those gates in hell cannot keep you out. It means that you're on the offensive. It means that you are so powerful and so strong that those little tiny gates, those little tiny gates are like small in comparison with how massive and how big God inside of you is. Friends, you need a vision to overcome every scheme of the enemy. And it means not just sitting around and waiting and trying to get some of the bad things. Oh, I mean, I sit at I don't know how many coffees, and, oh, I just struggle with this, and I just struggle with that. and The devil's been tempting me with this. And I, I just feel like looking at him and smiling and saying in a very pastoral way, shut up. I feel like looking at and saying, listen, you've got, no, you've got no attack in you. You're sitting there just kind of, your Christian walk is like imagining this little devil that's trying to pick you apart. And he will. The only way that you're going to conquer him is if you have a vision for victory. If you have a vision to overcome and you go after him and you say, there's no way that hell can keep me out. I'm going in after him. Oh, man. Come on, people. having a vision that says, I know that where this thing ends up is Jesus hurling the devil out forever and ever. I know that this thing ends with me in victory, me literally spreading the fame of Jesus so strong. Look at the way that the message says it. Jesus came back, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get this answer out of books or from teachers. My father in heaven, God himself let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm gonna tell you who you really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock of which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Where's our energy? Where's our expansive energy? Hmm. You know, sometimes I think that our lives are are, are so, we have so many nice things that, to talk about overcoming the devil We're talking about overcoming hell almost seems, um, almost seems metaphorical. It almost seems just like a a picture of a, you know, a sub sermon that we preached up at retreats, but it's not necessarily real day to day. Um, How many of you guys, do you guys remember when uh, Britt Hancock, missionary Britt Hancock came and spoke to Tag? Missionary to Mexico and fiery guy you know, literally seeing miracles like crazy, and I was sitting the other day at God's most anointed place, Starbucks, and I was sitting there with kind of my normal deal, you know, you got the laptop open, got the Bible, you got the highlighters, you got coffee, and it's kind of surreal, it's kind of pretty, and windows, and you got mountains, it's nice, you know, mountains, color springs, and hot coffee here, and really nice people coming by, hi, David, hi, hi, you know, and like cute kind of little life, you know, in suburbia, Colorado Springs, and sitting there enjoying my book, and all of a sudden, I get a text message, pick up my phone, look at it, Britt Hancock, kill the devil. That text message has messed me up for weeks (laughs) Bottom line is On the mission field To say things like Kill the devil It's not that weird It's not that scary It's not that like Ooh, you're crazy Because he's looking day in and day out At really trying to rescue people from hell And get them filled with the power of God And saved into heaven And I tell you this You know what We need it to be okay To look at each other again and say Kill the devil we need to have such a vision of overcoming and taking out every lust, taking, about, uh, taking out every sin in our lives, and conquering in the name of Jesus, that that becomes okay. I believe one of the reasons why we are so prone to average and tolerance is because realistically, we don't really hate the devil. In reality, we tolerate the devil. In reality, we tolerate it because we know how to live Christian lives where we've prayed a prayer, made a statement, attend church, even read our Bible, have, have the, the lust of this world in us, and yet we tolerate them. And so to talk about killing the devil is a little bit extreme. But the bottom line is, is that there needs to be this ferociousness inside of us that says, let's take him out, let's kill the devil. I ask you tonight, do you do you hate him? Do you really hate the devil do you, i mean i mean when i brought the furnace back from thailand and we saw people worshiping buddhas i started to hate the devil i'll never forget being in india and seeing godlessness and the pain and you start to hate the devil a little bit i'll never forget seeing children being forced to bow down to a buddha and this thing inside of me starting to hate the devil just a little bit. But I tell you this, friends, we, don't, we do not hate the devil the way that we're supposed to. If we're going to be the ones that literally take our swords and charge the gates of hell and rip it apart, there needs to be, it needs to be okay again to look at each other and say, kill the devil. It needs to be okay to look at each other and say, as you head into your high school, stomp out every lust, every, every little scheme of the enemy, hate Hate every little average thing that keeps us from 100% righteousness. Where is the vision to overcome? Where is the vision for radiant righteousness? Where is the vision that says, hey, I'm 17 years old, and I'm going to walk in total purity. There's a toleration that is so sick and so filling our our generation. And the only way that we're going to overcome it is if you hate it. If it literally grosses you out. If you look at it and it makes you ill, it makes you sick. You know, you know, I, I, this is kind of like started to kind of burn inside of me, and you know the imagery that I've started to put on it so to try to get it, to try to get it in my mind. Revelation three sixteen. You're familiar with this, but Jesus says that to those that are lukewarm, He wants to puke them out of His mouth. That's where this is going. I mean, literally. Now we hear that and we go, "Ooh, let's not read those scriptures. Let's let's read the sweet scriptures." You know, like "Be still and know that I am God." Let's read scriptures like that. You know, let's, let's, let's just kind of like enjoy each other or the community of God. Let's not talk about hating the devil and puke, David. Ugh. You know, one of the ways Jesus says the puke, I mean the, the, the what the puke, <laughs> Jesus says the puke. Jesus says the, the lukewarm, he's going to puke out of his mouth. I mean, Imagine. She's saying, lukewarm. So you know what I began to do is everything in my life that I go, that thing has the potential to make me lukewarm. It's gonna freak some of you out. It's okay. Look at your neighbor and say, he's a freak. Just give him space. (laughs) You know, the only way, you know, the only way that I've been able, that I've been able to really start to hate that sin is I imagine. The literal, literal puke of Jesus on that thing when it enters my life. When I'm talking to my friends and the conversation begins to get slanderous, I imagine the literal, literal puke of Christ on my mouth. When you're on the computer And there's the opportunity to lust Puke on that computer the Puke of Christ When you're hanging out with your friend And the conversation begins to go towards gossip I imagine I, Literally Puke When you're out with your girlfriend And you're making out with her I'm not even trying to be funny. There's nothing there's I did not even I, I had no idea that you'd laugh at that. Because the reality is to me that the only way the only way that you will begin to hate sin, I want is to imagine in those moments how those decisions literally hurt and make sick the God that we love so much. God, that we desire. And the very fact that we would kind of go, ha 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 ha. Listen, sin is the thing that will keep us from Him. And the fact that we've become just kind of so casual about it, you got to hate it. And I don't know what imagery you use. I don't know the ways. I don't know all the things that you do to make sure that you hate it. But the number one scheme of the enemy over your life is to get you to just tolerate it. To just tolerate another night of wasting it on movies and MySpace. Yet another day of a few slanderous words. But that's not, that's not attacking the gates of hell. That's lethargic Christianity of which one day will be puked out of the Godhead. That's not overcoming. That's tolerating. The easiest way to live is tolerating the knowledge of the gospel, but no power. It's easy to live that way. Easy. And you can live as a church going, good, American Christian kid. I have no power of God on your heart. Have no life. And one day be shocked. Friends, God wants us to grow desperate in our hatred towards the things that not only rip us apart, but the things that are keeping our generation from knowing him. And your generation is so tolerant. Because it's all they know We say more than four Because when it's really Sin Predominant all throughout this generation It's a big deal It's the scheme of the enemy And the only way that we're going to change it is to revolt The only way that we're going to change it Is to start to hate what God hates And he hates those things He hates Cheating He hates lying he hates immorality. He hates it. And until, as long as it's just a Bible story to you, as long as it's just kind of something you know in your head and it's not something that's real practical day in and day out, then you'll still be taking your test, look over and oh yeah, God will forgive me. Let's move on. But if you look over and just puke on the desk, If you look over, instead of making out with her and being like, oh, well, I'll pray and ask God to forgive me tomorrow, there's puke on her face. (laughs) You might stop. David, don't be so graphic. That's so gross. Listen. Listen. One day, one day when we stand before Jesus and this moment in Revelation is really real. And one day when we literally look and there's going to be the moment where he, sh- where he separates those that spend eternity with him and those that spend eternal and- eternity in total damnation, these ideas won't seem just kind of like cute and comical. Oh, we'll look back and we'll go, oh God, that I would take in every moment to be righteous. Oh God, that I would allow the cross to transform me. Oh God, that I would have literally overcome those things in my life. Oh God, you were so real. God, you were so big. You really were that holy. And when you said that you wanted us to strive to be holy as you were holy, you weren't just like kind of setting a vision that wasn't attainable. No, that was what your agenda was for our lives. Oh God, that I had to do it again. Oh God, I, w- oh God, I wish I had it. Oh God, it was so real. I mean, there will be a moment where it won't be just kind of a sermon or a tail show. There'll be a moment where you're like, oh, it's so real. And every decision that I made radically influenced the kingdom. Every decision that I made forever makes a difference in eternity. And you'll, there'll be agony and there'll be grief over when we chose unrighteousness, but we have so little vision to overcome. We're so tolerant with average friends. I want to tell you the way, the way that you will be an overcomer is if you get inside of you, this reality that the cross is true. The this, I mean, this concept By the blood of the lamb, they overcame. And the word of their testimony. But listen, most of us are just going, blood of the lamb, blood of the lamb, blood of the lamb. But we've got no testimony. We've got no victory over sin. We tolerate so much that your testimony has very little of times that you've overcome the enemy. When? What is it going to take to shake us up to see what Jesus really wanted was people that walk like he did, 1 John 2, 6. I mean, that's what he says. That's our calling. That's who we are. That's what he's called us to. It is possible. Revelation chapter 3. Turn with me. Revelation chapter 2. I just want you to picture this. Jesus saying, Revelation chapter two verse seven: To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. Revelation two eleven: He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second coming. Revelation two twenty six: To he who overcomes will get authority over nations. Revelation three five: To him who overcomes, I will not block them from the book of life. Revelation 21, To him who over- who overcomes, I will give the right to sit. With me on my throne. It's right here. It's right there. There's going to be a remnant of people that overcome. Why not you? Why not me? Why not us? Why not? I mean, you and I living right here in the middle of luxurious America, the wealthiest nation in the history of the world. You and I people that have i mean the i mean the attack of the enemy all around us trying to get us to be average and lukewarm why not you and i why not you and i overcoming why not you and i literally attacking and ripping the gates of hell apart why not us why settle why settle for lethargy why settle settle for toleration let's overcome let's get a vision I want to encourage you to get a vision in your life to literally overcome. David, what do you mean? I'll tell you what I mean. I mean where Satan fears you. I mean where rather than trying to go to your school and not get sin on you, be so filled with righteousness that the enemy shudders. I'm not talking metaphor talk, I'm talking true talk. I've been around people that were so filled with the righteousness of God, having a cup of coffee with them caused me to tremble and repent when I get home. I've gotten text messages that made me literally about to begin to weep because the oil of God was on it. The life of God. Oh, it's possible to know him. It's possible to overcome. It's possible to be a man or a woman of prayer. It's possible. One of the famous kind of writers and, 1950s and 60s, They came to him and they said, hey, you know, you've written some books, lots of different books, and you kind of preach on lots of different topics, but what do you want to be known for? You know, people don't really know kind of what's your message, what's your main thing. It was a Q&A session. He looked back at him, he said, I don't want to be known on earth. I want to be known in hell. He goes, I I want want literally for the demons to shudder. I want literally for when I walk in and begin to pray for a kid that's addicted to pornography, that that demon runs and fears. I, I want for when there's brokenness and pain, oppression, when I pray for someone on earth, every demon in hell shudders. I don't want to be known on earth. I want to be known in hell. Friends, I want a vision in our lives where we know we, you, you, 16 years old, 15 years old. When I'm 27 years old, I mean, you know, old, almost dead. Ancient Ten years from now Radiant righteousness Righteousness that shines forth Conquering Ripping apart the enemy Not a vision To try to keep the little bad devil away A vision to overcome They overcame by the blood of the lamb And the word of their testimony Revelation 2 and 3 Jesus specifically says, to those that overcome this, to those that overcome that, to those that overcome this, to those that overcome that. You know where our home is? Looking like Jesus overcoming the world. Jesus looked at his disciples in John 16. He goes, hey, guess what? Take heart, for I have overcome. Revelation 2 and 3, he goes, hey, guess what? There's gonna be people that overcome. I'm going to defeat the enemy forever and there's going to be people that look at me my life and what I did on the cross and my resurrection and they're going to become like me and they're going to defeat the enemy. They're going to conquer the grave. (sighs) I want that. God's doing a miracle in TAG. God's doing a miracle in this group of people. Why not 10,000 young men and women across America that are conquering? Why not 10,000 that say, we're going to overcome? Why not 25,000 that can't even start a service because we want to pray? Why not? It could happen. Why not prayer meetings on high school campuses? Why not miracles, literal miracles? Why not? We won't have it as long as we tolerate sin. But if we get to the point where we say no toleration, we will overcome. We'll see you. you're a Christian I want you to raise your hand you said yes to Jesus okay all right now listen to this you've said yes to the finished work of Jesus on the cross you are an overcomer say I'm an overcomer now listen most people view their lives as sinners that struggle to overcome let me say that again Most Christians view themselves as sinners that are struggling to overcome. But by the finished work of Jesus on the cross, he said, take heart. I have overcome the world. He's already done it. The way that you're going to become successful is I want you to see yourself not as a sinner that's struggling to overcome. But because of who Jesus is, you're an overcomer that's got an attacking lion trying to take you out. But you have greater power than he does. 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Everybody whisper this to me. Greater. Greater. I want you to get a snarl on your face. Greater. I want you to get like this, I hate that devil look. Greater. Greater. Now I want you to imagine that you're getting a text message from missionary Britt Hancock. And you are getting the kill the devil. And I want you to go greater. Listen. As you walk in your journey, you're going to have every temptation to lust, to cheat, to exaggerate, to be mean, to whatever it might be. there's got to be this thing inside of you that begins to grow that says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world i am an overcomer by the finished work of jesus on the cross and i will forever get to watch that satan hurled down and you look back at satan and you go you have no power just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for Local Churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.